0: You know, it's only 5, 10 minutes a night, but those moments build up and we're bonding. And oftentimes a clinician will say, I can tell in that child's development, I can tell in what I'm experiencing and trying to help them assess any challenges that family might have, that that bonding and emotional connection is happening.
1: Welcome to Ready for Reading. A United Through Reading podcast dedicated to helping military families grow stronger together through the magic of reading. I'm Josie Beats. Throughout this podcast, we've talked about the importance of reading and why we're so passionate about it at United Through Reading. Reach Out and Read is one of our favorite partner organizations. They focus on incorporating books into pediatric care, making sure doctors are talking to families about the importance of reading together for a few minutes every day. They have produced an incredible body of research about families and reading aloud together. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Reach Out and Read CEO Marty Martinez. Marty is an incredible person and has a lot of fascinating experience in child development and public health, which you'll hear more about in the podcast. We also talked about why reading builds connection, but also why that connection and bonding is so important to a child's healthy development. You'll hear him talk about that great body of research I referenced, but also about the intangible benefits that are harder to measure. Marty talks a lot about creating those little moments that matter through reading, and I could not agree with him more. I could have talked to Marty for hours. I hope you take away as much from this conversation as I did. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Veterans United Home Loans. Veterans United Home Loans is dedicated to helping veterans and military families become homeowners. In two short decades, they've closed over half a million VA loans, but they don't measure their success in numbers. They measure it in living their values every day, be passionate and have fun, deliver results with integrity and enhance lives. United Through Reading is proud to be a part of Veterans United Home Loans effort to lift up military families and communities across the country. Today we have a really special guest on the Ready for Reading podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to Marty Martinez from Reach Out and Read. Marty, you know, rather than me going through your bio, I'd love to hear a little bit about where you came from and what brought you to Reach Out and Read and how you're working on your first year as CEO.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be here with you and You know, yeah, I'm about nine, 10 months into my role as the new CEO. I'm the new guy. I'm going to hold on to being a new guy for for a little bit here. (laughs) But I came here after spending the last four years in city government. I'm a public health guy. I was running health and human services across the city of Boston. And then prior to that, spent a decade leading a statewide organization building youth development and youth mentoring programs across Massachusetts. So I'm really a youth child development guy, a public health guy, caring about population level impact, and it's been exciting to me to come to Reach Out and Read and be able to, you know, kind of engage with an organization that has a deep history of uh, strengthening and promoting early literacy across the country. So it's been quite an exciting ten months with a, a lot more to still do.
1: Well, and I love your public health background in this context of literacy and reading and young kids and the pediatrician's office. But tell us a little bit more about the mission of Reach Out and Read.
0: So the mission of Reach Out and Read, it has really been to integrate early literacy into wellness visits for children all across the country. And what does that mean? I mean, we're actually a pretty simple model. We integrate books and reading and training for pediatricians and nurse practitioners and other family doctors to be able to integrate books and early literacy into wellness visits for all children under the age of five. And so we believe passionately that if we integrate early literacy, we're helping the earliest development of children and that ability for their brain to develop in a way that's gonna help them be able to promote early learning. But we also believe, and our mission is sort of being strengthened, that we're helping to create moments that matter between children and their parents so they can bond and connect. We do it over reading and learning and books, and we know others do it in different ways, but that's really our mission and our passion. We want every child to be read to every day in moments uh, that create these opportunities. And so for us, we wanna make sure that children have these opportunities regardless of where they're living, regardless of their life circumstance. And, and that's a really important part of what we're trying to build upon all across the country.
1: You know, the moments that matter piece of it is so important. I know we have that shared interest in Mm -hmm. building those moments, reminding our families of those, you know, reading moments can be so special. Yeah. You talked a little bit about it, but what drew you to Reach Out and Read?
0: Yeah. I mean, what really drew me to Reach Out and Read is I think for me personally, my entire career has really been focused on, you know, strengthening and building relationships, I mean, that's really been the heart of what I've cared about professionally and what I've done uh, professionally and personally. And so whether that's building mentoring programs and youth development agencies or leading health and human services and tackling some of the most complex issues facing a big urban city like Boston, how do we put people in relationships that help them thrive? And so whether that's been adults or teenagers or children or or children under five, that's really been a passion for me and a commitment that I bring professionally. Coming to Reach Out and Read sort of gives me an opportunity to sort of connect all of those dots together. Uh, Building relationships, strengthening the moments that help parents and children bond has been a really important piece, and that's central to what we care about at Reach Out and Read. I think it's also key, and, and that's why as a public health guy, I care about all the individual stories, but I really care about the aggregate of those stories. How do we ensure that all children are having this experience we so deeply care about and what reading does it seems like such a simple act but we know how powerful that act is and the relationship that it helps parents build with children so for me that's my passion it's relationship building that's what we're in the business trying to do as an organization and that's really what i think reading shared reading between adults and children and caregivers that's really what it um, makes happen
1: Tell me a little bit about why reading to young kids and in that zero to five, right? Zero yeah. to five includes babies and yep. toddlers who are hard to pin down and <laughs> all of them. Why is it so important to have those reading moments that matter?
0: Yeah, I mean, we know from like the research science perspective that there's evidence based that shows us that the early reading, early learning of words, the integration of you know, literacy into wellness visits for children, we know that that helps prepare children for early learning. We see the outcomes of children more prepared to build words and know their letters and start to have, you know, school readiness being a key part of that. And we as an organization of 33 years have a bunch of obviously evidence that shows us that. We also very recently learned through additional research and showed not only are those the outcomes, but actually we've had researchers who've been able to look at you know, brain scanning, right? Scanning the development of a child's brain that shows the side of the brain that helps children be able to read and to learn is strengthened in children who have higher reading skills. It's even more proof that that's such a critical piece for children and their earliest development that makes it their ability to connect. But I think for me, what I think is why it's so important, I've had the privilege of meeting in my role, again, not having been on too long, but I've had the privilege of being around 15 or so different clinics all across the country that implement Reach Out and Read. And I've met amazing clinicians who have talked about implementing Reach Out and Read for 20 years, if you will. They've been doing it for a long time and they've been passionate advocates. And a lot of times what they'll tell me and talk to me about is that what they see from early reading and from literacy is they see the ability for a parent and a child to bond. That early emotional connection that you can't always measure that, to be fair. That's a hard thing to sort of tangibly be able to touch. Yeah. But oftentimes clinicians will say, you know, I can tell when I talk about a book and a dad says, yeah, we read every night and, you know, it's only five, 10 minutes a night. But those moments build up and we're bonding And oftentimes a clinician will say, I can tell in that child's development, I can tell in what I'm experiencing and trying to help them assess any challenges that family might have, that that bonding and emotional connection is happening. So again, the early learning and the word development and the brain development, all that is super important and measurable. And we have evidence that tells us that. But I do think that connection that's getting created, that early relational health that's being strengthened, that is harder to measure but likely more impactful for all the resiliency we're trying to build for children and families. And so I think that's why it's so important. And that's why we care about it so deeply.
1: I love that story of the doctor. You know, I get to interact with kids a lot in my role. And I love asking them, what books are you reading? Mm -hmm. You know, or what books does your family read to you? Because their whole demeanor changes they like relax a little bit. I'm not a scary adult. I'm just some lady who wants to know what they read, you know? Yeah, um, and so I love it. And I get the best stories from it, mm-hmm. you know, about how daddy's favorite book is princess Anna from frozen, you <laughs> yeah. know, like it's just like fun stuff exactly. that you wouldn't peg, especially in the military. You know, it's usually these like big stodgy guys typically. <laughs> right. And then they read like princess stories to mm-hmm. their 3 year olds. It's right. fantastic. Exactly, exactly Because those bonding moments are so important. Yeah. yeah I love it. Absolutely. Well, and, I have to imagine that the program that you're implementing with pediatricians' offices, it also makes kids more comfortable with going to the doctor yeah. and builds that, you know, a provider child relationship. Tell me a little bit about why it's important to build literacy into pediatric care.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a really great component of Reach Out and Read, is that, you know, this is happening in the context of not parent or caregiver bringing in a sick child, or not something's wrong, and we need you know we need to fix something right here in the moment. It really is these regular wellness visits where a parent's bringing in a child to make sure the child's developing and growing in a healthy way, and to sort of assess if there's any challenges that might be there. But it's really not meant to be focused on the deficit, but really the asset building that's happening, and so. I think that it's an important component of the program for us that it's in, obviously, it's central to it, that it's in our wellness visits. But what we're also finding, and this was true, you know, for the past several years, that there's also a part of provider satisfaction to their role that's heightened and strengthened by the book. And again, we've heard so many folks say, you know, when you're dealing with like, don't eat this and feed your child this and make sure there's this and there's that, the book ends up becoming a highlight a good moment that's a a really happy moment that providers get to integrate. I really also think, and this is central for me and some of my learning professionally, having led, obviously, a big city's COVID-19 response. Let's be clear, uh, clinicians are tired. Clinicians are burnt. Clinicians have experienced probably the first time for many of them where they have faced a, you know, parents and community questioning the trust they have with them, whether it's around vaccinations or around other pieces. And so the book, again, allows it to be about building relationship from provider to family, from provider to child. And it also adds that additional layer for us. And so post-COVID-19 and even during COVID-19, we heard many clinicians say, you know, there weren't many highlights during COVID-19 for pediatricians and physicians in general, But this book provided some of that, integrating book, talking about early literacy, talking about, hey, take 10 minutes to read to your child every night if you can, and then providing that guidance and advice. So that's why it's so important to us that it's integrated into wellness visits. the other thing that's important is that across the country, close to 90, 92% of all children do go to some version of wellness visits in their earliest development. So again, it's back to the point, Josie, of being population level, right? It shouldn't be, I have a superstar pediatrician at this one clinic who does this one thing with children, but it really is most children do get these wellness visits across the country. And we want every child to be exposed to not only our model, but every child to be exposed to early learning, early literacy, and bonding opportunities with their parents. So that's why for us, it's a nice lane with these physicians. And I will say a note, I've met more pediatricians in the last nine to 10 months than I ever thought I'd meet in my life. Um, (laughs) And I will say their passion and commitment to do everything they can do for the children and families that they care about. I can't buy that. I can't package that. I can't, you know, find that somewhere in, in a store, but their passion and commitment is really so key organizationally. We have 35,000 trained clinicians in our model that implement it across the country. You know, I can not capture that on a on and l or a finance statement. And so that passion and commitment is why it's so important. And it's also why it's so impactful across the country.
1: You know, I'm glad you brought up the idea of every child having access to this. Because one of the things I wanted to talk about is equity and what happens to our kids that don't have this exposure to reading early on. Do we have any data around that? Do we know, you know, how can we compare those? And then I guess finally, you know, how do we reach them?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question because I think what we do know is that when children are exposed, it helps them be not only ready for those learning moments and opportunities, but it also helps build resiliency and build assets to some of the challenges that exist. when we know that from a variety of different lanes. And so we can know the counter to that, right? A child that doesn't have that early bonding isn't prepared to be as resilient as we need them to be for the world that they're gonna grow up in or the challenges they may face. I also think about it when we think about, you know, targeted subsets of families and communities, you know, when we think about even military families and children who might be in, you know, situations of transition, right? And we know that those transition moments can create other challenges or other things that need more protective factors to wrap around children. And so I think one of the key things is creating equitable access to what we're trying to provide in our model and our program across the country So for us at Reach Out and Read, one of the things that's central to what we do is looking, where are we? Where do our clinics exist? We're in 6,100 clinics across the country. So we serve over 4 million children under the age of 5. But that means there are 15 million children that don't have access to Reach Out and Read. And so for us, we look at where can we grow that access? And not only who raises their hand to say, I'll do it. Because whoever raises their hand and says, I'll do it, usually there's a star medical champion there, someone who can afford to pay for books, someone who's like, sure, I'll get everyone trained. But we have to go to those places where the need might be greater, where there's less access to that. So for us, it's about going places where people can get that need met and that we can ensure that more children get exposed to our program and our services to ensure that there isn't anyone left out or left behind.
1: I love that. And, you know, it's something we struggle with here at Uniting Through Reading, too. One of the things we struggle with to be transparent is we have in the military an officer and enlisted corps and our enlisted tend to be ranked lower than our officers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, typically our officers are considered to have, you know, college degrees and advanced degrees and advanced training. And our enlisted corps are really the backbone of our military to make it operate. But we have a hard time reaching them. And so, what we found is we just have to be intentional constantly about reaching into communities where we know we aren't in. Mm-hmm. And recognizing we can't just go to our neighbors and our friends. We need to make friends of strangers and, right. and sell them the lemonade and have them drink the Kool-Aid mm-hmm. about United Through Reading. Right. And I'm sure you have the same experience. Once you explain your mission mm-hmm. and what you're doing, people are usually on board. Yeah. It's just figuring out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. And so that might take a little bit of extra muscle on our part and we're glad to do it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I will say just to add to that piece, I think it's important to, and this is something I say to many of our staff across the country, it's also making sure we're not just talking to the people that we're normally used to talking to. <laughs> and that's something that we have to do. Who are our partners? Who are we connected to? And I say, listen, you know, if, you're, if you're talking to the same people you've been talking to for the last couple of years, then that's not getting the access we want to see created. And so we have to be more creative with that. So, yeah, I totally appreciate that, uh, Josie. But yes, people are usually champions for what we care about, but we got to make sure we can reach them. So I get that.
1: Absolutely. You know, and speaking of uh, military families Mm -hmm. and military kids, you know, uh, you talked about resiliency earlier. You know, in the military, we are blessed and cursed with this word resiliency <laughs> Right. <Okay. laughs> from time to time. I think we're to the point where some of us are tired of being resilient, right? Right. But at the same time, you know, the changes that military life sort of forces military kids to go through, it can do one of two things, right? If they don't have those protective factors, it can really hamper their development, Uh but it also can build that resiliency. And so, you know, trying to find that fine line between providing that support to those kids to make sure that they don't have issues, whether it's with education or emotional social well-being, is really important to us because of the transitions that they have to go through frequent moves, you know, parents being away on military duty, parents being in danger, possibly. What would you say, uh, what do you want the military families of young children to know?
0: Yeah, I know. I think those are su- such important pieces. And I'll say as a, a child of a long line of military, my father was in the military, my brother was in the military, I have uncles, I have a long history of being a family of not only active, but of veterans and, and a variety of different pieces, I totally understand sort of some of those components and those pieces that are there. And I think one of the things that I learned a lot, and this was from a mother who was very involved in my own personal mother, who was very involved in veterans issues and, and military issues in the community, was really about, uh, and I think this really holds true to thinking about the moments that matter for children that, you know, it's not about doing everything you can do all the time. And there's no perfect way to do the things we do. And so what I mean by that is when we think about our goal is to create moments that matter and bonding moments for children with their caregivers and reading aloud and early literacy and that integration. And every little bit does add up and every little bit does help and does create opportunity. And so Something I would suggest or recommend is spending a little bit of time reading, a little bit of time connecting. Let's be real. Not every parent's able to say, I have an hour to do this every day with my child. That's not real for most families, especially when in single family households or in other scenarios where people are sort of having to do a lot with a little. And so it's really about just taking a little bit of time and a little bit of connection to be able to create some of those moments that matter. And to create some of that bonding that's there. And again, I promise you, not just because I say it, but the science tells us these moments add up, they build up and they create some of that protection that's there for families who need it and for children who need it. And when I say for children who need it, it's all children. And so, really trying to do that for everyone. So, that would be some words of wisdom there. But again, speaking from my own, you know, who has since passed, my own mother, every little thing matters. We have to remember that and kind of hold true to that. So.
1: I love that. And sort of baked into that idea is forgiving yourself when you don't live up to your own expectations, right? (laughs) Exactly. We've done surveys of folks and sometimes we get results where it's like, I read with my child for an hour a day. And you're like, nobody does that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) But people know that they should, you know, Mm -hmm. and so sometimes they answer it that way. We also have been known to say, look, maybe you're just reading a recipe. Maybe you're reading the signs when you drive down the road. Right. You know, just little bits add up, you know? Mm -hmm. So I I love that. So my favorite part of these interviews, Marty, is asking people what their favorite children's books are. Yeah. And so do you have any favorites or a favorite memory of being read to as a child?
0: Yeah. So uh, my favorite books growing up were always books about bears. I loved bears. I was like, I don't know why, but I loved bears, books about bears. So Corduroy is one of my favorite books, Aww. to be fair. I, I loved the Corduroy book. I have one sitting in my office, and I just sort of love that story. Whether it's Bernstein Bears or random, you know, The the Bear in the Forest is a book I remember. I mean, there's all these random books about bears that resonate with me. <laughs> so I loved all books about bears. That is still the case for me. So yeah, so now I see some of the current books that I, I don't know much about, but books about bears were always my favorite books as a child. And then as I got older, and I'll just share this because I think it's an interesting note, my mother used to buy me books about like, choose your own adventure. Mm. So you, you'd have a page and then the next page you decided like what happened. And to be honest, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this is fun. Cause you know, it's a new story each time, which I thought was exciting, but it, it, it really was a metaphor growing up because my mother gave me a lot like, you know, Hey, who knows today doesn't have to be like tomorrow. Let's figure out something when you don't have a lot of resources, you figure out how to create excitement, if you will. So I love Choose Your Own Adventure books. Those were really great. But books about bears, that was my number one sort of thing.
1: I love that. And I'm going to choose a moment to share, which is I bought some Choose Your Own Adventure books for my son. And he was not a fan. And it was a crushing moment in parenting for me. i have I still don't think I've recovered. I read all three of the Choose Your Own Adventure books that I bought for him. Nice. Just FYI. I love those. I love Um, those. I even tried to, I'm like, it's like a video game, but on paper, you know, just.
0: That might've, that (laughs) might've been where you went (laughs) wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's probably it. You put too much on it. it. You put too much on it. (laughs) Too much pressure. Too much pressure. Too much pressure. Are there any resources that you'd like to share with military families from Reach Out and Read?
0: I guess what I would share and resources, I can't think of any, you know, firm resources that are currently existing. The two things I might lift up is on our national Reach Out and Read website, we have two links on those websites to book catalogs. And those book catalogs are catalogs that are books that are not only catalogs related to vendors that we work with, but interestingly, so families know this, we actually spend a lot of time picking those books. Making sure that those books are developmentally appropriate, making sure those books are books that are sort of integrated and provide real good information and good reading opportunities for parents and children. So I only share that because there's so many books, there's so many things. And so I say it and clinicians know this many, but to clinicians and to families and to partners, those catalogs are books that we really lean into. So sometimes I know parents are looking for, I just need to, rather than have the time to figure out, is this a good book? Is this a bad book? Is this a whatever? That could be a resource that's helpful with some good books on there, diverse books, lots of different books on there that really help, you know, give you opportunities to connect with children. So that would be a resource I would lift up.
1: That's so important. You know, I think being a parent is overwhelming and any time that you can narrow the scope of what you're looking at is a good thing. And we also have a library of books on our website that we've vetted, you know, for all those different purposes that you can search by age. And we've gotten that feedback from families that they're like, I just needed something for the seven-year-old and I didn't know where to start. And so, you know, coming to organizations like Reach Out and Read or United Through Reading is, is a great tool for parents and a reminder that we're here not just to provide that sort of hands-on service, but uh-huh. it, you know, in a, in a broader context.
0: Absolutely. That's great.
1: Well, Marty, thank you so much for joining us today. We are such big fans of Reach Out and Read and everything you do across the country. Where glad to partner with you both in the past, present and future and are really excited to see what you come up with next.
0: Absolutely. I look forward to it and uh, a lot more work to come. So I'm excited about it.
1: This was one of my favorite conversations and I hope you enjoyed it. One point I want to drive home is what Marty said about every little bit adding up. Every minute you spend reading with your child really does matter. It makes a difference, and we at United Through Reading are here to support you in building and keeping your reading routine, no matter the distance. You can find out more about Marty and reach out and read on their website, which we'll link to in our show notes. You can also find a link to those book catalogs, both on their website and ours. You can find some great recommendations for age-appropriate books there. It's a great place to start. On behalf of United Through Reading, thank you to our military families. For more information on how you can start your reading routine with your family, go to utr.org podcast. You can download our reading app while you're there. Ready for Reading is a podcast by United Through Reading, a nonprofit organization that's been connecting military families through the power of shared story time since 1989. This show was produced by Stacey Rain at Rain Communication with editing by Sandra Levy-Smith. Thanks for listening.